Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How all could be different now. Now that my heart's been found, nothing really feels the same. I hold my head a bit higher, I lift my voice a bit louder. If something inside has changed, I am a mountain mover, water walker, more than just an overcomer. Cause I've been set free. I am a gospel preacher, heart on fire, freedom singing, testifying, cause I've been redeemed, I am a believer, I am a believer, I know this is not my home, I know I don't walk alone. Today. I am a mountain mover, water walker, more than just an overcomer, cause I've been set free.
when I was a little child, I can remember seeing the deacons lead some of these devotional songs. And a couple of them went like this. I'm 
in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Good morning, Ted Line. <clears throat> God is good, and he's good every day. He's good in the morning. He's good at night. Amen. All day long and all in between. God's good, and his goodness is from morning till night, and it overflows our cups. Well, Ted Line, I want to welcome you back. Uh, I'm Michael Vasica, associate pastor here at Ted Line Ministries. Church, joy and honor for me to be speaking to you again this morning. I welcome you back. And I want to ask you this morning, do you have faith and authority? Do you have faith? Do you have authority? I want to bring your attention to an article that came out roughly four days ago. An Arkansas man finds a nine-carat diamond at Crater of Diamonds State Park. Arkansas man finds nine-carat diamond at Crater of Diamonds State Park. Now, I realize there's a lot going on in the news, and a lot of people probably didn't get to read this headline because it was drowned out by all the other news. So it was easy to be overlooked if it's not in the mainstream news, the main headlines out there. But it goes on to say, and I quote, the 9.02-carat diamond is the second-largest diamond ever found in the park's history. Pike County, Arkansas. Kevin Kennard visited Arkansas's Crater of Diamond State Park and found the second-largest diamond to ever be found in the park's history. Kennard and his friends brought supplies to wet sift through the park in search of diamonds. But after about 10 minutes, he started walking up and down Cloud Rose. Another thing where he says, correction, anything that looked like a crystal, I picked it up and put it in my bag, Kennard said. The 33-year-old had visited the state park regularly since second grade and hadn't found a diamond. Kennard picked up a marble-sized crystal that had a rounded, dimpled shape. He said, it kind of looked interesting and shiny, so I put it in my bag and kept searching. I just thought it might might have been glass. Weighing 9.07 carats, Kennard's diamond is the second largest found at the park since the crater of diamonds became an Arkansas State Park in 1972. The only larger diamond found during that time is the 16.37 carat white Amarillo Starlight, discovered in August 1975. Park Superintendent Caleb Howell said, I always love to see the reactions and excitement of our visitors when they find large diamonds. When I met Mr. Kennard, it was immediately evident that he was shocked and speechless. Unquote. Now, Mr. Kevin, as we see in here, since he was just a little boy, 
all the way up to the time he was 33 years old, had visited the park regularly. Now, the whole point of the park is come to visit, and they pay an admissions fee, and they uh, they are given a time frame where they're allowed to search until their heart's desire, and whatever they find, they keep. So it's kind of like, you know, an amusement park, but it includes the adventure and the uh, the, the learning of, of science and geology and and you know it's it's a natural outdoors fun activity. But he had been coming for years. He had been such a little child had been revisiting the park and and hadn't found a diamond. Now Mr. Kevin must have had faith to revisit this park for roughly what was it twenty years maybe I'm guessing because from his testimony and from the evidence it shows that he returned time and time again. It's possible that Kevin probably invested a lot of time over the years, beginning when he was just a small child. There were probably many other things that little Kevin might have wanted to do and could have done during uh, his time growing up, every time he visited. And he probably did many other things in between. And it's possible that Kevin spent money over the years in this hobby or in this pursuit to find a, a diamond, but after so many years of leaving the park empty-handed, why did Kevin return? Why did he return? I might hear somebody say, well, it was just for fun. <clears throat> and, I'll, and I'll give you that. A lot of people go to these uh, these coin arcades at the, you know, at, at, at activity centers, and they, they put money in the arcades, and, you know, we've all grown up with those things around us and play the pinball or the Pac-Man or, or whatever, and kids will really blow a lot of money and go through hours and hours and days just having that kind of fun, but here's an activity with a real chance for a reward, a real chance for a return on your time and investment. But he, he had spent years of coming and leaving empty-handed. Now, I researched this park real quick to look it up, and as of right now, it costs about $11.50 for an adult to get admissions to the park for a day, and about $7.30 for a child for admissions for a day. <clears throat> there's also a 1,000-person limit. See, they limit how many people can get into the park at one time so they can keep track. And there are these kind of parks like this, you know, located, scattered here, here and there everywhere around the world where you can, you know, pay and enter because of a fee and uh, be allowed to go and dig and pan for gold or, you know, wet sift for jewels and, 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 and so forth. You have to, got to pay though. There has to be an admissions fee. There's, there's a, there's a cost to get in and that cost being paid at admissions allows the person to enter come on the property where the valuables are known to be found and those people who pay the fee are given the right, the authority to be there for the day or for several hours or whatever the agreement is and it's them who are allowed on the property. Now you can either bring your own tools, the, the website said, or you can rent tools when you get there, or you have the option when you get there just to not have tools and just do everything by hand. 
So this park is located in a place where diamonds are known to be found naturally. But you can't just go walking up there and go panning or sifting without paying. You have to pay to be allowed panning on the valuable ground. Otherwise, you'd be trespassing. Now, from what I have shared with you so far, many of, of you are already hearing scriptures that might be coming to mind by the Holy Spirit, by what God is giving you in, in personally, because you're hearing in your inner man about faith. See, faith calls out faith. Faith kind of primes the pump for more faith. Faith primes faith. Faith in Jesus primes the pump inside of us for more faith in Jesus. It increases naturally. There are scriptures that prime the pump of faith in our inner man. See, if God's Holy Spirit is in you, you already have all that's needed for any need. If God's Holy Spirit is in you, you already have all that's needed for any need. If you have that much faith, if you have that much faith to trust him who is within you, all the possibilities are limitless. What do I mean by that? Jesus said if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, he said you can command the mountain to be removed and thrown in the sea. Now, a mustard seed, he said, was the least of all seeds, right? But what do seeds do? The seeds' whole entire purpose, their, whole, their one job in life is to grow, to become more, to become great. To rise from the dead and produce life. Seeds grow. <clears throat> I bring your attention to, in Matthew 17, verses 19 and 20 in the King James. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith, as a grain of mustard seed, he shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, Jesus said this. There's no greater authority on the subject of faith than Jesus. Now, this, this teaching or this revelation about faith that Jesus gave to his disciples came out of a question about casting out spirits, no less. Faith is described by Jesus like a seed. It looks like and acts like a seed. It grows from almost nothing. Its natural course is life and growth. More of the same. Peach seeds produce more peaches. One peach seed is put into the ground and from this dead seed rises up and becomes a peach tree. And from this comes many peaches, year after year. Grape seeds produce 
more grapes. One grape seed is placed into good ground, and from this one dead grape seed comes a grapevine that produces many clusters of grapes. And, of course, year after year, more clusters of grapes are produced. A seed's whole purpose is to grow. Luke 17, 5 through 6 in the King James. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. He said to Jesus, increase our faith. Right? Verse 6 says, and the Lord said, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, a mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, did in the sea, and it should obey you. Mountains and trees should obey you. Parable is understood by some, and it's not understood by others. It's obvious to see from even the evidence we see and read in the Bible, let alone what we see between people today. But here's another example, this time in Luke, of Jesus revealing faith to his disciples after being asked, Jesus, increase our faith. Increase our faith. So he's wanting more faith. Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, just a little seed, even a little seed has that same purpose of every other seed, and that's to grow. 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 From Seeds must die before they're put in the ground. So even more bewildering to comprehend is the seed must be dead to come to life first and produce more. Notice the disciples are asking Jesus, increase our faith. And his answer is faith is like a seed. This simple word picture, when, when Jesus spoke, it entered into the inner man just like the seed. It was received, hopefully by a good heart, when you heard it. It was received by good ground in your heart. And that good ground will take the word of God and produce more of what was planted. The comparison and descriptive of the parable Jesus gave them is loud and clear to us today. Faith starts out small. And, and it can start out so small that it's easily underestimated. It's easily overlooked, disregarded, and passed over as if it's too small. Not enough. It is easily overlooked for the potential greatness that can come of it. Even though it's so minuscule, when compared to other seeds, it can be so great. But we're warned not to be a religious fool today. We're warned not to be too high-minded, that we miss what God tells us and what, we, what God gives to us, right? We can be too quick and not use our faith and not use the gift of the discerning of spirits and and spiritual sight gives us a gift to increase us. Because according to Jesus, if they even had this small 
faith, something so great can happen. A tiny seed, but yet a tree can be uprooted and planted in the seed. A, a tiny, tiny seed, but something so great like commanding a mountain to be up, up, uplifted and, and moved and put into the sea. It's, it's too great in the natural. But as we heard from Dr. Shepard in yesterday's headline, John the Baptist saw by faith the increasing quality Jesus talked about happening right in front of him. And he even said it. He must increase, but I must decrease, found in John 3.30. He spoke about the, the kingdom of God, the visitation of the word of God among men, and that it was to increase. And John's, John's personal testimony was that he must decrease, and Jesus must decrease. Increase In every area of life where faith in Jesus is placed In every area of your life where faith in Jesus is planted The quality of increase must manifest more of the same And its natural course is to rise up To come alive To increase, to become more, to become greater so, my first point this morning is faith is like a seed whose grow and make more of the same kind. My second point is faith primes more faith. A third point is faith is, at the beginning, it might seem small. It might be small in comparison, but according to Jesus, it's supposed to do and it does great things. Not based on its size, but based on its purpose. Its purpose is to grow and produce. And my next point brings me back to Mr. Kevin Kennard, the treasure hunter. You know how his story is a prime example of faith? <clears throat> because he returned to the place where diamonds are found. If he thought, man... Every time I come here, I don't get anything. If he had labeled the place, and if he had defined that place in his heart as a place where, for him, diamonds are never found, then doubt would have tricked him. It would have convinced him the lie that he allowed to be inscribed in his heart at that moment where he says, this is a place where diamonds are not found, then he would not have returned the other day Are you hearing what I'm telling you this morning From the time That he was a little boy He must have seen Somebody Stand up from their knees After panting After digging After laboring And shout out I found one I got one And in his heart at that moment, the place was defined as the place where diamonds are found. And a love for it must have been born in his heart. Why else would he return for so many years? Continue 
after so much labor because there's a promise that there are diamonds found in that place. That's why he returned every single time. That's why he paid the admission fee every single time. That's why he came prepared with tools to do the labor every time. Because he must have known in his heart, in his heart, that here's a place where I can find a diamond. He returned to that place, place not where diamonds are not found, but the place where diamonds are found. That's where he went. That's where he returned. And not just did he return, but Mr. Kevin entered in with authority to dig for treasure. He came in with authority. He came in the right way and was given land rights by the person who the land belonged to. See, there are rules where the land of diamonds is, and there are rules where the laboring field is, the mission field is. And in order to dig and pan and sift, or however it's needed to, by the rules, to look for diamonds, there's, a, there's authority that's given to those searching. His visits to the park were by faith. Not only were they by faith, but they were also with authority. His visits to the park were by faith and with authority. And he had to make a sacrifice on his own, make a sacrifice every time. He gave up time of his life and he gave up money to obtain rights to be where he was, to obtain the authority to be where he was before he could find that treasure. Otherwise, he would have been what? A trespasser, a thief, a robber, and a liar. And here are the scriptures God gave me to back up how this treasure hunter's diamond membership faith applies to believers today. There are scriptures that show you have diamond membership faith that applies to you today. We have to listen because faith comes by hearing. Because you are going to hear promises, scriptures that prime the pump of your faith. Now just like I gave you this treasure hunter's example, Paul in Romans 10 gives the Roman church, the Roman body of believers, examples of faith. In Romans 10:17, so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Paul is helping to prime their faith with the same seed principle that Jesus used by the seed parable when the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. Faith grows by hearing the word of God. The disciples listened to Jesus. Jesus was the word of God come in the flesh. What did they hear by listening to Jesus, the word in the flesh? They heard the seed parable planted like a seed whose purpose is to grow. So listen to the word of God and let that faith grow. Give it good ground. Apply that seed growth principle right here. Faith is like a seed. 
and a treasure in a field. There are two things that I found that let your faith grow. There's two things that I found. Mark, Matthew 13, Matthew 13. The same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now I stop and I pause here to tell you this. Notice right here, Jesus stops and he speaks to our inner man to our inner man's ears, to hear or to receive spiritually so that faith will take hold, so that faith will grow where the word is sown in our heart, on that good ground, because all the power and authority of heaven is wrapped up into a tiny seed-like package called faith in Jesus. Don't overlook it because it's small. Don't overlook it because the wrapper on the outside looks simple. Don't be deceived if it appears to be tiny. The power of it, of its God-given purpose will rise up. It will grow great from your heart where it is planted, where it is received. Don't misjudge the seed by its size. Returning back to verse 10, And the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? In verse 11, he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Now I stop right here to say this. I want you to underline this. Mark this. This is where, and this is because, this is what Jesus is, is revealing to you and I. He revealed this to his disciples, that faith to see, faith to operate in the kingdom below here on earth is by authority. It's given by authority by God himself in heaven above. To operate in the kingdom is given by authority of him who the kingdom belongs to. Authority is given with authority. There is one person with the right, with the privilege, with the ability, power to give that authority. With the ownership to give that authority. And it's given to us. Verse 12, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And he hath, and he shall have more abundance. Whatsoever hath not, or whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. 
And this here in verse 12 right here is revealing that for those who have faith, more is given. The more faith you operate in, the more faith grows. But to those who have not, even more is taken, it says. This is the law of growth. This is that principle of see faith, of see faith in work, in operation, in good ground. The law of blessing and cursing. If you will, God will. Uh, uh, verse 13, therefore speak I to them in parables because they seen, see not. In hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and shall understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them. And to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Now remember, Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So right now, I want you to ask God, God, open my ears so I can hear and understand. Ask God to let you see. God, open my eyes to let me, allow me to see what you want me to see. The truth, Lord. Allow me in my inner man to receive the the word of God, the seed of faith, the goodness that you're showing so that we can operate in faith today. I cry out to you this morning, God, to increase our faith. Increase our faith. Lift your head, O ye gates. Lift your head, O ye gates. The king of glory shall come in. Prepare your heart. Ask God to receive his word that that your faith would grow and, and that from your faith more faith would be produced and, and his word would manifest in your life. Verse 19 says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, that he which receives seed by the wayside. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word in Anon with joy, receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and beareth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So here it is. Faith seed doing what its purpose is to do, multiply, grow, become great, to produce more of the same. 
Verse 24, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now notice right here it says, while men slept. While men slept. Not while the man who sowed the good seed slept. It says, while men slept. Verse 26, but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. But let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to, be, to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. And another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, greatest among herds, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which he spake, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of the, his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he hath found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that 
was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full they drew to shore and sat down and gathered good into vessels, bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure his new and old. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished, and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother Mary, his mother called Mary, and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. Because Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works, their unbelief. Now you see, obviously, that this chapter concludes by telling us that when Jesus came to his own country, that his own people wrote him off. They wrote him off. It says that Jesus did not do mighty works there because of their unbelief. You know, there's a treasure to be found. And unbelief is like a pirate that will steal the treasure, steal the treasure and bury it. The devil is like a pirate that will steal treasures and bury them. It takes the things away that are priceless, that are valuable from people who it belongs to. And when our when our treasure hunter, Mr. Kevin, went treasure hunting over the Labor Day weekend, he showed up. He showed up. That was his first act of faith as he showed up. And he showed up to a place where treasure was known by him to be found. The place may be known to other people as a place where treasure is not found. Despite the evidence, Mr. Kevin had it in his heart. He must have trusted that there were diamonds there for him to show up for all those years, right? He came with faith each time and with intent he came to find. With expectation he came to find he trusted there were diamonds there he paid the fee, the admissions fee to get in because he had faith and he trusted there were diamonds to be found there he made sure that he entered the the diamond park with authority when he you know, stopped what he was doing and, and decided to walk those rows of, of, of plowed up dirt where people have already been he was just walking, looking, and some some of those rocks caught his eye, and he picked them up and put them 
in his bag. And that nine-carat diamond at first didn't look like much, he said. It was rough-looking. Uh, they said it even looked like a little brown uh, piece of chewed-up gum started on the dirt. But this treasure hunter picked it up anyway. He didn't think at first it was a diamond, but he, he knew there was a chance. He was expecting, so he was he was laboring based on his faith that there was something there. He didn't think it was a diamond at first, but he still picked it up. And it was the real deal, despite its outward appearance. And I heard it said while I was looking at the news that people people even mentioned that brown diamonds are not as valuable as white diamonds. <clears throat> But that's not true because a diamond's value is determined by more important factors like its purity and how it's cut. Whoever has ears to hear, Jesus said, let him hear. The news article gives the account that this man stopped and began walking the rows of dirt that was left behind by others who had already searched the area. Listen to me this morning. You, you were lied to. When you heard that nobody values you. When you were told that you were, you're tossed away because nobody wants you. That was a lie. When you heard the liar tell you that because of how you look, no one will want you. That is a lie. When you heard that voice tell you that your lack of education is going to hold you back. That's a lie. When you saw that bill or that bank account and you heard the lie tell you that you're not going to succeed, that's a lie. I'm exposing the liar this morning. And there's faith to be had. No doubt there's faith to be had. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Someone treasures you. Someone had enough faith. Someone felt it was worthy. It was important enough to find you that this person paid the admission price and it was his intent to return and reconnect you to the Father. His name is Jesus. He is here. Hear me this morning. The word of God came. At the appointed time and in the flesh as the Son of Man, but he came with authority to be here. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And if the lies were told to you, cast them out. He's here. And if those lies that were said to you were true, Jesus wouldn't have come. He wouldn't have purchased, he wouldn't have come with authority. He wouldn't have come with an intent to recover you and bring you back and reconnect you to the Father. If you were of no value, why would such a high cost be paid to purchase you, to purchase your redemption? I find it profound that this story comes to us because of many years of showing up. And a man, no doubt on Labor Day, discovers a treasure where others were but overlooked. Others labored. They missed it. 
you feel like you've been missed out. You feel like you've, you've wait, your time is wasted. It's too late. That's a lie. We are living in a time of harvest, brothers and sisters. It might have look. It might seem like time's passed you up, or time's over, because of the lies. But they're lies, and that that little diamond might have been passed over because it was brown and, and rough looking on the outside and not white and shiny. Thank God it was found. Thank God it was found. We are living in a time of harvest right now. Jesus is here, brothers and sisters. A time appointed and a time of visitation. No doubt Jesus is returning to take his people. No doubt with authority he paid the fee to take what is his, what he treasures. No doubt he comes and will be, be looking to find faith in the earth. No doubt. You might, you might have brown skin. You might have white skin. You might have yellow skin, black skin, red skin. You might have multicolor skin. But your value is found in Jesus. You are valued, no doubt, because of God's, what God sees. Your value is of God. If you were not valued, God would not have paid such an expensive cost to come looking for what he treasures. No doubt. Again, the, the word says, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in the field, to which when a man is found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had. Now, according to this, he found you in the dirt. He found you where no one else found you, where no one else valued you, in an unclean state, in an unrefined state, before he decided to go and pay to recover you. Are you hearing me? He didn't purchase you in a cleaned up, shiny, perfect cut condition. He found you in a rough, unattractive state, a dirty place, a low place, stepped on and overlooked, passed by. And he purchased you before and refined. Now, I've got to mention here that a pearl in the Jewish tradition and in the Mosaic law is considered unclean. The way a pearl, see, the way a pearl uh, is formed by an oyster or a mussel or a clam is this. That these things live on the bottom of the sea where, this, where there's sand and, and you know, crud is, is common. The bottom of the sea is where all the filth and the waste of the ocean settles. And down below in the darkness is where, you know, the dead fish carcasses fall to the bottom and lay. All these irritants like sand or parasites eventually somehow find their way and make their way inside of the, the oyster or the mussel or the clam. And the natural way that the body of a clam or a mussel or whatever has to defend themselves uh, in reaction to a parasite or irritant getting inside of it is that it coats that irritant with calcium because that harsh piece of sand or that irritating parasite uh, it hurts and they're sensitive inside their mouth so they coat it with, with uh, pearl 
with that calcium in. And over time, that coating layer just adds up. It just builds up and, and it gets more coats on. So that's the natural way that they react to defend themselves from irritants, is to coat it with calcium. And the longer it stays inside the mouth or the inside the clam, it becomes uh, more and more until it's recovered or removed. It's for this reason that it, it was not customary in, in Judaism in, in, to the Hebrews to buy or sell or, or trade or wear pearls because they were considered unclean. Places might have found value in them. Uh, it, it, to their uh, custom, it wasn't clean, so they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't handle them. Now, in Revelation, it says that the New Jerusalem, that, that heaven is going to have gates of pearl. And when the people who harvest these pearls and they collect these pearls out and they open the clam, what they, what, what, what's revealed tells them a lot about how many years that this irritant has been captured, shut down inside the, the, the clam or the mussel or the oyster. The longer that clam or mussel has, has had victory over that irritant, and how many years does this treasure hunter return over and over and over? A tent. I'm expecting to find a diamond of value, something, a treasure. What was it, like 25 years that he was looking, coming back, returning, paying the fee over and over and over, coming prepared every time? What made him return? Even though he'd been finding nothing since he was about, what, six or seven years old. What made him come back? His faith. What allowed him in? The authority. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? Mr. Kevin is like many of us today in this harvest time of labor for souls. He found treasure. He found it on a plowed row laying on the dirt, just laying there, looking like nothing. Others were there. Others plowed right over this little treasure, this nine-carat diamond, but they went right on by. Now, we are all appointed. We're all here. You are a spirit sent here by God for a purpose. You could have been born any time in history. But think about it. You were born here and now. Here and now. We are here in such a significant time in history. It's really hard to fathom the size and scale of the opportunity that we are standing in. The owner of this mission field is returning with all the authority and with intent expecting to collect a treasure. You and I are that treasure, but not only are we the treasure that he purchased, we are our sole laborers in this field, and it is Labor Day. It's our time of visitation. It's our day of visitation. When he gets here, he wants to find faith. He wants to find us searching and looking for as much treasure as we can. And by faith, we should show up every day. We should be by faith walking the rows of plowed ground. Somebody else might have gone there before you and not found something, but that's okay. Judge righteous judgment. In other words, even if it doesn't seem like what you're doing is going to, even if you don't think a diamond is in front of you, you keep looking. You keep looking, and you should look, not with your naked eyes, but with the, with, through, the, through God's Spirit, through discerning, the gift of discerning of spirits. 
yada, communicating with him. And if it catches your eye, he's going to tell you to pick it up. He'll show where you where the treasure is. He'll show the treasure hunter where to go, where to look, and what to pick up. It might look insignificant outwardly to other people, by people better qualified than you maybe. But with God, you're a treasure hunter, turning over dirt and, and rocks. And, and when you find it, you're going to turn it over to a jewel maker, and that jewel maker will cut and refine it, and its real beauty will be discovered once it's been put in the hands of the master. And its value will then be realized. After all those rough edges and impurities are cut off by the master's touch, the real beautiful treasure will be delivered out of the roughness and transformed in his hands. It doesn't matter if it's a white diamond, a brown diamond, a yellow, red, black, whatever. Jewels of all colors have value, value, great value. It's the jeweler that knows what the real gem looks like. It's God who delivers. He paid the price and he holds the title and the deed to this mission field. And he found you and I in this field. And he's making us into a treasure even yet. And he intends to receive a treasure. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All rights reserved, copyrights and all. He holds all authority of the earth and all its kingdoms. He sent us out apostles and missionaries. He's made us all ambassadors, emissaries, representatives, workers in this field. So we have the authority. We have faith and authority to be here. So I encourage you, allow your faith to grow. God will transfer that faith and walk. As you walk by faith, you'll be planting more of it. As you preach faith, you'll be showing faith in Jesus. And the faith in Jesus will grow. You and I have faith because he commanded you to go and he gave you the great commission. Those words are where I base my faith on, in him, in Jesus. He gave you the authority to be where you are in that row of plowed dirt. He gave you the authority. You came in faith in him and you have the right to be there. And you're going to find treasures. He expects to find faith in the earth. And I close by saying this. In life, there are three C's. I read this somewhere recently. In life, there are three C's. Only you can choose to take a chance if you want change. And I don't know, uh, Mr. Kevin, our treasure hunter from the news article, you know, out of Arkansas, but the evidence shows us that the park is open. So all have the invitation. Everybody has the right, the choice, the opportunity to get in line at any time they want, any day to participate. But on that day, over Labor Day weekend, it was Mr. Kennard who took the opportunity and he chose, out of his own will, made a choice to take another chance. After all those years, he took another chance to return to the park again. And on that day, after countless days over many, many years in his life, he was changed. And so wasn't that diamond. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word this morning. I thank you for faith. I thank you for increasing our faith. I thank you for the time that we're living in and for the honor, the privilege 
uh, of us being sent here now in this time and where we're at, Lord, because there's such goodness all around us as we, by faith, trust in you, walk by faith, trusting in you and your word. And on that, in Jesus' name, I bind up the spirit of doubt. I bind up unbelief. I bind up bitterness this morning. Go! All root of bitterness, I bind you up. I bind you up at the root in Jesus' name. I sprinkle and apply the blood of the Lamb onto all roots, onto every spirit and every soul, that all roots of bitterness would dry up, wither up, the power would be gone in Jesus' name. Go! Bitterness, go! Sabotage. Spirits of sabotage, self-hate, all hatred and, and murder, anti-self-spirits. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind you in Jesus' name. Get out! Go! In Jesus' name. Go! Go down. Go down. Get out. Go! Fear, get out. In Jesus' name, go. Go, you cannot stay. All spirits of the thief and the robber, the destroyer, the liar, I bind you up. I bind you up. All your tools and your lives, all the sabotage that you planted, in Jesus' name, take them with you. Get up and go now. Go. Go. Go, thief, robber. Go. Destroyer, Leviathan, get out in Jesus' name. Every lying tongue, I bind you up in Jesus' name. Get out and go. Get out and go. Go. In Jesus' name, I declare recovery from a hard heart in Jesus' name. Recovery from a hard heart in Jesus' name. Lord, we believe on you as the scripture hath said. And you said you're going to take from them the hard heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. In Jesus' name, operate on that heart. Operate on that hard heart, Lord God, where bitterness was cast out. In Jesus' name, remove the heart of stone and replace it with a divine touch, that healing touch, Lord, of a heart of flesh that you have put in it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you are our divine surgeon, our surgeon of, of the Holy Spirit. Work on our heart, Lord God. Work on our heart in Jesus' name. Lord, cause us to work in and operate in your Holy Spirit, Lord. By your Holy Spirit and by your authority, Lord, increase our faith. As you give us the authority, Lord, to be an operation in faith here and now in this time, Lord. That we would give you pleasure, Lord, when you see our faith and are pleased in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Fill us up this morning. Fill us up this morning by your spirit. With your spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name, pour out your spirit. Fill us up. Fill. Fill this morning, God. Fill. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Tedline, I love you. I praise God for you this morning. Do you have faith? You have authority in Jesus' name. Thank you for being with me this morning. We will see you tomorrow in Jesus' name. Here and now, I'm in the fire in a fire.
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.